0: To plan your day The mountains are calling you
1: out And your day, the ideas are brewing, you're on your way. The fun is waiting outside your door. Good day, Good day, Welcome to Good Day Veil. Vale. I'm Cece Zach, and today's episode is around thought-provoking opportunities within our community. We are so blessed in the Vale Valley to have so many different types of community events and intellectual opportunities but this one in my mind really sticks out as being the leader in the valley it's the Vale symposium and it is an organization that helps us think globally interact locally have thought-provoking conversations and intellectually stimulate everyone that we know so with that stay tuned we'll be right back with james kenley the new executive director as well as dale moser the chairman of the board of the Vail symposium Stay tuned. Good day, Vale. Good day, Vale. Good day, day, Vale. Hi, and welcome back to Good Day, Vale. I am Cece Zach, and I am thrilled today to have Dale Moser, who is the chairman of Vale Symposium, as well as James Kenley, who has just been named the executive director. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Well, thank you for having us here. We're delighted to be here.
1: So before we get into global education, um, and I'll touch base on that a little bit more, um, just tell us a little bit about yourselves. How long have you been here? Why do you stay here? And what do you do here full time? Dale, why don't you go first?
2: Okay. Well, we moved here initially because Vale obviously has great skiing and, uh, and great mountain life and a lot of sunshine. And... Uh, Having been up and down the Rockies, uh, Vale seemed like a good choice, and then, after living here temporarily, we said, "Yes, this is a great place to live and Then we learned about so many other things about Vale besides the mountains, such as the uh, uh, All of the Arts program with Bravo and with dance and with jazz, uh, and then found out about uh, Vale Symposium and uh, and also other aspects of the valley, which uh, are just very interesting and an opportunity to get involved in and do something uh, that I have been able to be uh, accused of failing retirement (laughs) a second, a third time, actually.
1: And having tremendous impact in the Valley as it relates to your work with Vail Symposium, which we'll get into in a moment. So um, I don't want to gloss over that. You're being very humble. Um, but James, tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been here and yeah. what keeps you here?
0: I grew up in Boston and I was certain... Ah,
1: you're from the Northeast as well. I too am a transplant uh uh-huh. i I'm,
0: I'm the happiest transplant in the Valley. <laughs> uh, I married a Colorado girl and she won and I'm just incredibly thrilled about it. We first came up in 2009, did a couple years and like so many uh, of us, we ended up uh, not sticking the landing the first time around. We moved to Denver uh, both my kids were born down there, and we had a moment at the dinner table, both of us, where we felt really compelled that if it was possible to raise our kids in this incredible community, we had to try. So we moved back up in 2016, and we were both fortunate to find dream jobs. Uh, I landed in the nonprofit world, um, and my wife uh, is an educator and found a, a teaching job. Um, I started at Vail Jazz. Um, and work there through the 25th anniversary, really getting to celebrate our community and getting to know the cultural fabric. Um, spent the last couple of years at Walking Mountain Science Center, um, getting to know another kind of part of the valley, another unique resource in this community. And um, now I'm really honored that uh, Dale and the board have brought me in to take the helm here at the Vail Symposium.
1: Sounds like you're the perfect person for the job. <laughs> um, and speaking of the symposium, Dale, how did you get involved? Because you've been involved for a long time. So tell us a little bit about that. Well,
2: when I first moved here to the Valley, we were looking at various things uh, to be interested in. And uh, we saw in the Vale Daily a, a, uh, an article about an upcoming uh, Vale Symposium program. And
1: Do you we- remember what year this was? Mm.
2: Yes, this would have been about 12 years ago. Okay. Yeah, so this would have been uh, roughly 2020. 2021, and uh, uh, it was interesting. And then uh, uh, said we'll go to a few more, and went to a few more. And then then uh, uh, began to be pretty much a regular going to the programs because uh, they do a lot of programs a year. Not as many then as we do now, which is like 40 programs a year. But uh, and then the uh, uh, executive uh, director at the time uh, said. Hmm, We've seen you around a lot. You ask interesting <laughs> questions. Why don't you get involved uh, on our programming committee? And and then the uh, after the first meeting, I became uh, chairperson of the programming committee.
1: And as I recall, when we were preparing, you had mentioned that was in 2016.
2: No, that would have been like 2020,
1: 2021. Uh, 20. Um, okay. Or uh, excuse or, me. 2014. Because I remember, because you became chairman of the board in 2016.
2: Yeah, I got my dates wrong. Yeah, because I moved here in 2010. So it would have been like 2012.
1: Um, And and obviously you did a phenomenal bang-up job of programming because I asked you to be the chairman, and you've been there since 2016. So um, with a lot of ups and downs that we'll talk about, but man... Well,
2: 2016 is when I became chairman.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So now, James... When you and I were talking, preparing for this, um, you have a real passion for nonprofit. Tell the viewers a little bit about that. I mean, because it takes a really special person to just say, I am going to dedicate my life and my passions to nonprofit. So
0: why? I, I guess I'm really lucky. I've um, You know, the, the adage, if you love what you're doing, you never work a day in your life, that's very much been my career. Um, and I've, I've been in a lot of different, uh, sectors and industries, but I've always been able to do things that I love, and really feeling connected to our community is uh, a top priority for me as an individual and for our family. Um, it's part of why we wanted to raise our kids here uh, because this really is a unique community, and part of the reason it's unique is the nonprofit, um, the collection of nonprofits that are here. Dale mentioned a few on the cultural and arts side, and um, We we see them on the services side. And and so it's not just the organizations and their brands, but it's the community that support them and that uh, engage with them. And it it really is a sticky part of life in the Vale Valley. Um,
1: Well, and when we were talking, you had also mentioned that what you love about the community um, of nonprofits here in the Valley is that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, which really has a tremendous impact in, in the final outcomes of what all of these nonprofits are looking to do in yeah. the Valley.
0: Yeah, it, it would be easy to fall into a competitive spirit um, when you have so many yeah. nonprofits and so many dollars that need to be raised and so many programs happening every night. Um, I, I really love that we're a cooperative spirit in, in, in our Valley. We, we work together together. Um, and that's,
1: and that's a message that I really want to communicate to our viewers is that you mentioned you're, you're non-competitive and you're all looking to create, you know, similar outcomes. So let's get into the nuts and bolts of Vail Symposium and the philosophy behind educating the community. Tell us about that, Dale. Well, Why is it so important?
2: It's so important because, first of all, there are so many very highly educated, very successful people here in the Valley. And they are looking for uh, enlightenment in many different arenas. And, uh, and so Vale Symposium was started way back when, uh, 51 years ago, in order to be a gathering place. And it was actually started by the town of Vale and was in existence for 20 years that way. But then it... Uh, went off on its own and so we've been focused on trying to provide very broad diverse topics uh, going anywhere from uh, hot topics to geopolitical topics to uh, outdoor adventure to consciousness and and other areas health science uh, and with that we end up getting different audiences coming to the various programs. But uh, one of the good things about it is by focusing on education, not necessarily trying to pull together a problem-solving symposium, but trying to provide an education to the people that are in attendance, then they can spread that further to the extent that they feel is, is appropriate because uh, knowledge uh, eventually becomes power.
1: Yeah, I love that. Um, I, we do have such an eclectic group uh, in our community um, of a wide variety of experiences. Um, I've had been blessed in the last three weeks to attend three different symposiums, and I have really enjoyed uh, just seeing the diversity that you talk about. And you know, I I should say that there is a difference, and we'll get into it in the next section about symposia versus educational events and what have you. Um, But just a quick note about how this is different than Aspen Institute, because you Mm -hmm. had mentioned that the institute develops policy, but yet the symposia delivers educational events. Just a brief comment on that.
2: Yeah, we in the time that we are able. Uh, and the resources that we have to be able to uh, uh, pull together programs and put them on for our uh, uh, attendees, Uh, it's much more realistic to be able to provide information, very good information, data-based information, uh, or thought-provoking information. And to take that another step, is a totally different organization with a lot of resources. Aspen started off with a lot of resources and went in the direction of providing uh, solutions, policy influence. Uh, as an example, they have more resource, significantly more resources outside of Aspen than they do inside of Aspen. Uh, you know, so Washington, the- Geneva, et cetera. <laughs>
1: If you don't mind, I need to interrupt you for a second because we do need to take a station break. But will you keep that in the back of your mind because when we come back to Good Day Veil, vale, we will talk more about Veil vale Symposium. Good day, Vail. Good day, vale. Good day, vale. Good day, vale. Good day vale. Welcome back to Good Day Veil. Vale. This is the Vail Symposia episode, where we talk about how do we intellectually stimulate our local community. And I'm thrilled, as I mentioned before, to have Dale Mosier and James Kenley, both from Vail Symposium. When we last left off, um, Dale was giving us a a, a brief summary between Aspen Institute and what they do and Vail Symposium, because sometimes people wonder what the differences are. And I heard you say that Vail really focuses on policy. You said they had a lot of resources and that they focus on developing and coming up with policy for certain things. And what I hear of Vail Symposia is really around thought-provoking, intellectually stimulating events to help the people that attend bring that out into this community. Does that sound, did I sum that up okay?
2: You stated that well, except you started off saying Vail, <laughs> not Aspen. <clears throat> but,
1: oh, I did, so. okay. I, hopefully the viewers will, will see the difference and, and forgive me. But with that being said, Dale, tell us a little bit about who a typical attendee is at a Vail symposium event.
2: That varies a lot depending upon the topic, but uh, I would say Generally, the typical attendee is the typical resident of Vail. Very well-educated, uh, normally extremely well-off financially, very well, very successful, well-connected to the world outside of Vale, and, uh, and to a great extent still very much in, connect, in connection with the outside world, although probably most of them look, look at it like I do, that uh, Vale is sort of like being in Camelot.
1: <laughs> ah, and um, James, Dale was mentioning the demographic of Vale Symposium, um, or the, the attendees, and with you on board, is there any thought about how to make it a little bit more available to others that maybe don't have the experience or the resources to participate?
0: Yeah, I appreciate the question. Um, and certainly um, our, our typical core demographic uh, for our 51 years, They're not the only intellectually curious people that are in the Valley. Um, We've got a lot of folks who are working and raising families, and uh, it can be challenging to spend a Tuesday evening uh, out in a lecture. We do see a lot of uh, adoption of our um, uh, on-demand or recordings that are available through our website, and we're seeing a lot of, um, of attention to those where people can pick it up as their life allows. Uh, and, and certainly, I think, um, like, like all the organizations in the Valley, um, we hope to be around for a very long time. And in order to do that, we'll have to continue welcoming um, all of the audiences of our Valley to our programs.
1: And, and I, as I've been on your website, anyone can go on there. Mm-hmm. And the previous events, uh, so viewers, please go to Vail Symposium. It is The website is so well laid out, with, especially with all these past events that James is talking about. And it's by topic, by year, um, and they're free. Indeed. They are free. Right. And that is such a generous contribution to the community. Um, so viewers, please take note of that.
0: This may be a good opportunity to mention that... Um, Our tickets affordable is in our mission, and our tickets are typically about twenty five dollars, and and that's very intentional. Uh, But ticket fees only account for um, twelve to fifteen percent of our operating revenues. So we exist, we thrive, we're able to deliver forty programs a year on a variety of topics because of the generosity of our community and being able to offer those uh, those those recordings. Alpine Bank is our key sponsor uh, for that, uh, but it's really the generosity of our community that allows us to deliver content like that um, with access like that.
1: And for someone like myself, um, who is also works as a Vail Resort employee, I had also seen that you uh, partner with employees from Vail Resorts to give them even a, a less discount. Indeed,
0: and, uh, and teachers and students, uh, student yes. tickets are complimentary, okay. teacher tickets are discounted. Uh, Vail Resort's Epic Promise is one of our major sponsors along with the town of Vail, um, the Frechette Family Foundation, um, Antlers at Vail. We're bringing these world-class speakers into our valley. And uh, especially in a hot winter like this, we need beds uh, for heads. And uh, so the Antlers at Vail has been a long time uh, wonderful partner of ours and you can find us in the Vale daily um, about 40 weeks a year you'll find press releases about our programs and you'll see our ads there uh, they're a wonderful partner for us as well 40
1: programs a year that's daunting there's only 52 weeks dale you've been around for a while how do you attract such world-class intellectual um, teachers educators speakers tell us a little bit about that
2: well there's multiple multiple ways really uh, one is just by relationships with think tanks around the US. Uh, another very good way is through relationships with past speakers, because the primary focus initially is, no, we don't provide honorariums, but we'll cover your expenses, and you'll come to one of the greatest uh, resorts in the world, and we'll, make sh- we'll show you a great time. Uh, You know, we'll get somebody to ski with you if you want to ski. We'll get somebody to bike ride with you, go play golf, and we'll take care of all of that activity. And so uh, Vail Resorts itself is the big attraction. And then we're able to tie into that so that we can somewhat economically be able to pull all 40 programs together with the speakers, the panelists, et cetera.
1: So, James, you're brand new to the organization. How do you manage all of that to make sure that things go off seamlessly to the mm-hmm. outside observer?
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a fire hose right at this, at this second. Um, but uh, we've got a small but mighty team. We've got a really wonderful board. Um, Dale's our board chair, providing excellent leadership to a, um, a working board, an active board, that really does care about our mission and our community. Uh, a programming committee that supports um, programming decisions and uh, helps follow up with um, kind of network connections to make sure that we're getting the highest quality people and that the experience of coming to Vail is um, kind of appropriately painted for, for them. Um, so there, we, we have a village that makes this thing work, um, but it is a lot of spreadsheet time uh, yeah. when, when we're in season <laughs> tracking a lot of logistics. That is.
1: I mean, 40 programs in 52 weeks, that that just is mind-boggling to me. Um, so uh, it, anyway, I've had the pleasure over the last, as I mentioned earlier, three weeks to attend three separate programs. Um, and Dale, you had mentioned the topics, and that's what I want to bring up, is that mm-hmm. I had the distinct pleasure to go to an outdoor activity um, event which was at the Villar, which was sold out. Um, that yeah. was Mountain Film, right?
0: Right. Great way to start the year.
1: Oh my God, it was spectacular. <laughs> Blew my mind away. Um, and and then just last week, I went to the Vale Interfaith Chapel and heard Eric Peterson, Peterson, right. Peterson from AT Carney, right. to learn about t- twenty twenty three and beyond. And it was pretty mind-boggling how quickly the global statistics based on his research at H.E. Kearney have shifted on global dominance. Um, So I I guess my point being as a viewers, if you have not checked out, there is something for everyone at Vail Symposium. And I I just am am thrilled to have been a part of it. So let me just ask one final question. What is your vision for the organization and the outcomes for it?
2: Well... Of uh, there's sort of uh, two phases to that. One is the near-term phase, and the first objective of the near-term phase is to uh, get James to not be drinking
1: from the fireplace, ah. <laughs> but to
2: be drinking normally. Okay. And so eight
1: ounces versus 180 <laughs> ounces. Okay.
2: And we are uh, uh, in the process of doing some things in order to be able to even further strengthen the organization during that process. And so uh, I have to give significant credit to uh, our recently retired executive director, Chris Chris Sable, who was able to provide uh, significant growth in uh, our sustainability capability uh, through very effective interacting uh, with donors and with many other aspects of the uh, Uh, Vail symposium and uh, so with that we now expect to be able to stand on Chris's shoulders or James will stand on Chris's shoulders in order to take it to the next level and to do more and better things Uh, there are quite a few options when you think of well what does that really mean and there are multiple options uh, but clearly we will stay focused on providing the best programs that we can provide to the vale valley
1: i love that and i need to stop us here because unfortunately we were run out of time and i know we could talk forever and again a big thanks to dale moser and james kenley vale symposium please go check out the website i will attest to you i've been thought provoked in every which way but sunday with every program i've been to and um, the other key is look at the history. I think Dale said 50 years. That's extraordinary. So with that, this is Cece Zack at Good Day Vale. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you soon. The ideas is brewing, you're on your way. The fun is waiting outside your door. Good Day
2: Vale.